This is Saturday at the Goodwood Revival, 2022. As the band marches off against the uh, flow of the circuit. As they career off into the distance, one wonders how they'll uh, handle the chicane in the reverse direction. So, how did they manage the chicane? They didn't. They cheated. They're very, very good. There's a Royal Marine Band, and uh, they simply turned around. See, the entire band wheeling round was uh, very, very impressive. Duncan Pittaway. A name well known. Well, no, 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 indeed. No. But a name very well known in historic racing circles. Love the jacket as well, the STP jacket. Perfect. Well, I've just seen you pull up, and the reason I pounced upon you was it was the Austin 7. And then you headed for the Plymouth Barracuda. How come you got two different, totally different cars like that. I mean, you know, this is a, a fairly diverse range of motorsport interests. Yeah, I think, well, I think that's where the fun is. You know, I think the, uh, you know, it's not, it's not that there's anything wrong with Mustangs or Falcons or Minis or anything else. I just think it's fun having something slightly different. And uh, I didn't, I didn't build the Barracuda because it was different. I just thought it was a great looking thing. And in fact, if you want to win, you don't buy a Barracuda because they're too heavy and underdeveloped and they've got crap brakes. But it, it, unlike the Austin, it, the, the Barracuda wasn't a great financial success for Chrysler, I think. But the Austin is remarkable. The Austin 7 is remarkable. Let's go on to that for just for a moment. I mean, the... I think that's the, is that the Chummy they call that one? No, 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 the Chummy is a, is a, is a Tourer, it's got a right. soft top. That's a, it's called a Top Hat Saloon because it looks like a Top Hat. No, it, apparently it looks like a Top Hat, but the reason why it was called a Top Hat Saloon is because you could drive it in a Top Hat. Because ah, there's enough room. To do so. Yeah, right. so okay. people think it's because of the way it looks, but in fact it was because you could drive <laughs> it in a Top Hat. But we, we, there were five of us went to McDonald's in that last night. And believe me, oh, brilliant. there's barely room to get two in it. And it was quite a squeeze of five, so... Yeah, no, it's good fun. Yeah, well, more of a squeeze afterwards than before, <laughs> probably. But it's we it, we use it for trialing. My daughters, I've got two daughters who are driving it in the parade, right. and they go trialing in it. So it's covered in mud, and we thought we'd leave it with yeah, good old not? traditional oh, Welsh mud on it. Well, yeah. normally Festival of Speed, they bring in the Le Mans winning car, yeah. covered in the race dirt. So uh, you've done exactly the same thing here. Yes, uh, Le Mans winning and Welsh trial. Yes, it failed not to win the Welsh trial. No, but it's, it's the same sort of spirit, yeah. Actually, also, although it's no good on radio, you, you, it's got the best badges on that car. Go the on. original badges. Well, let's, Come let's, have a look. let's go and have a look. <laughs> That's an original British Hot Rod Association badge. Right, brilliant. Back wheel is. That's the original British Hot Rod Association badge because the, the original owner was the founder of the British Hot Rod Association. Ah. So, and that was, the, that was the first badge. And if you come around the front, the pièce de résistance, the semi-naked woman riding a dolphin, the Butlin's Car the Club Butlin's badge. Car <laughs> Because he, the man, the original owner was a Butlins, he worked at Butlins. Right. So he joined the Butlins Car Club and, um, and this is his car. So it's just lovely that it's got all those bits of detail. Just the whole concept of a Butlins Car Club sort of <laughs> defies imagination. What, what's the other one? There's one more like a Bugatti. <laughs> this is the Bugatti Owners Club, yeah. Yeah, well, his, his, I think his uncle or his father was a keen, they didn't have a Bugatti, but they joined the Bugatti Owners Club. So the Bugatti Owners Club badge and the Butlins badge are both pre-war, which is oh, rather nice. They're both Bs, so I suppose, why not? Also, I think the badge is probably worth more than the car. <laughs> 
So no, it's a good thing. It's it's a lovely thing, and it's a joy to see that the range of cars that are here as they always are. Well, I think the Samaris, what's good about the Samaris trophy, and people have said that to me this weekend and a couple of years ago when we were in it then, and it's the diversity of the saloon cars, everything from a Ford Galaxy, which is like an aircraft carrier, yeah. to a Mini, and, and also they're... We are surprisingly similar lap times. I mean, the, the Lotus Cortinas are probably getting away from us because they're, they're driven by extremely good drivers and they're very well developed. But as a package, you know, it's lovely where the Galaxies and the Minis and my Barracuda and a few other sort of the bigger lumbering cars can be, can be vying for the, for the lead. Well, that, that was in period. I mean, you would, you would see, uh, I'm just old enough to remember that, you would see them storming into, into Magwick and, you know, there would be Galaxies, Minis and Lotus Cortinas all, all fighting for the same piece of time. Yeah, I mean, yesterday was great in qualifying. You know, I've got some, some really, we're all friends and I know the guys in the Minis. I had a Mini all over me through, through into Woodcurse and through the chicane. And then, of course, you wave goodbye to them as you disperse the fit straight and you turn around when you get to Samaris and they're on you again. <laughs> I think that's what's so enjoyable about Goodwood and what Goodwood do so well is the spectacle of, of what racing really was like. I think one of the things we, we've been talking about, you know, the Goodwood really started the, the whole historic car scene and I've been around long enough to have seen that sort of develop and everybody now is attempting to emulate that but nobody seems to have got it quite right because they haven't got the right track, they haven't got the right mix of cars and they haven't got the right mix of people. I think, in fairness, I think the man who's has the biggest influence is obviously the Duke. And I think uh, I was talking to a number of people who work here and they they put a huge amount of effort in. And the thing about the Duke is he has an incredible eye and he's, uh, I think he can be quite irritating. Not irritating, he can be quite frustrating to some of his team. Exactly. And he's not frustrating, not because he is wrong, it's because he's right. And there will be a team of guys, and this is why the event is so good. There'll be a team of guys building a set for something and they'll spend a week or so doing it and, and this grace will come along and say well that's that's very good lads but i want it slightly differently because that's not right and they'll go oh no we've got to do it again but every one of them to a man after they've done it again will say do you know he's absolutely right and that's why the place is so good everywhere you look it's so good and his his uh, his eye for what is right is is incredible well it's a photographer's eye i mean i've been here since since day one uh, well, even before there was a revival. And I can remember in the early days uh, seeing the Duke, Lord March as he then was, going round and, 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 and doing a tour of inspection before they opened for the day. Now, he doesn't do that anymore because no, it, it's does. too big. No, he does. I mean, probably in select, more selective areas, yeah. but he really does still take a very active involvement in, in the look. And I think that's why Goodwood, everybody emulates it, but never managed to pull it off. I remember a story long, this is all slightly off pitch, but a friend of mine's father won the British Touring Car Championship in oh. 1971 and 72. Uh, Ivan Dutton, uh, Tim Dutton's oh, father. Yes. Yeah. And, and Tim, and he was a privateer against Ford and Vauxhall in, in a time when you know, the works teams were the best and everybody yeah. says oh the works teams well I even beat them and he beat them for two years flat and Tim said to me once one of the works mechanics came up to him you know at one of the race meetings and said we we can't beat your dad we don't understand why we can't beat your father and Tim said we'll never beat him because to you it's a nine-to-five job yeah. you go home at an evening you go on weekends and you, you know, enjoy your time with your family my father he thinks about it 24 hours a day seven days a week you'll never beat that and the Duke thinks about this event 
24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's why it is so good. And it'll never be as good as something prepared by somebody who's paid to do it, as much as they are good at their job. No, it's rather more than a job, isn't it? It's, it's, it's an absolute devotion to detail. And I think it's also a pretty awful commitment because he's created a, a monster, really. I mean, he loves it. He's very proud of it. But my goodness, what a liability, really, to constantly, constantly keep it retain those standards and to constantly reinvent itself every year. The Festival of Speed this year, I, I talked briefly to Andrew, who, as you know, works with him. Yes. And uh, Andrew's opening remarks were, ah, Graham Bench, are you still here? <laughs> I have been here a long time. We've, I've met you we before, yes, I've met you before indeed. No, it's lovely, but then it's that sort of place that I love coming back to good. And I was, I'm very, I'm very lucky to get invited. I'm very lucky to get invited to quite a lot of events. But I really, every time I get invited, I, I keep on thinking I've sneaked in here under the fence. I, I shouldn't be here. It is a fabulous place to be. And it's thanks to the Duke and all his team that we've, we've got an event like this to come to. Quite so. Well said. Your name, sir? Nick Richardson. And you're looking after one of the, uh, was physically the largest car here, the big Galaxy, and it is big, isn't it? Huge motor. Got some uh, interesting names on the doors as well. Yes, it's had a bit of history around here. Um, quite a few drivers have been in it, yes. Uh, and I know you've got Jimmy Johnson. He's, he went out and qualified the car um, yesterday morning, and he's out in it this afternoon. Did he enjoy his run? I think he did, yes. So it's first time here, so bit of a steep learning curve for him, especially with all the people round hogging him. But I mean, it's one of the enduring memories of, of, of Goodwood from its first iteration, is these monsters battling with Lotus Cortinas and Minis. And, you know, they're very strange bedfellows, and, you know, these, these have got loads of grunt on the straight, and the Minis were quick around the corners. Yeah, that's right. Um, the track kind of suits the big car, especially in the dry. Completely different matter in the rain, mind you, but... Um, yeah, they're certainly a dry weather car. <laughs> oh, well, it looks like we're going to have some dry weather today. Looks like the sun will come up and it will finally warm up. And uh, hopefully an interesting day for the big cars. I love the sound of a V8 in the morning. Yes. <laughs> As we've mentioned before, and will indeed do so throughout the weekend, West Hampton, the Goodwood Circuit, originally being a World War II fighter base. And there are a lot of Spitfires here this weekend and Hurricanes as well, I must mention them. But I'm talking to a gentleman called Mark Hillier, and uh, you're standing beside one of your Spitfires. We're Spitfires.com, we operate uh, two two-seat Spitfires, and we do uh, passenger flights from Goodwood, RF West Hampton, as it used to be, former Battle of Britain station. And then also we've got two single-seat Spitfires here today, our single-seat Mark 9, City of Exeter, and this one here, which is a really famous bird, um, Gertie, as we call her, Golf India Romeo Tango Yankee, and she's a Mark 9 that did the round-the-world trip. Uh, known as the Silver Spitfire. So she was on the television quite a lot last year. Uh, but she's got a really lovely local connection because she was based at RF Ford just down the road yes, in 1944. Um, she did over 50 combat sorties during the Second World War with the RAF and with the Canadians and then went to the Belgians, uh, to the Dutch Air Force after the war. Um, but um, she was restored and then uh, went on the trip in uh, 2019 around the world. RAF Tangmere was the main sector station uh, in 11 Group. This uh, And obviously West Hampton was a, was a sort of a, a, a satellite to Tangmere. And then you had Merston just down the road as well. So it was a busy area. And then, of course, by 1944, you've got Appledram, Bogner and Funtington as advanced landing grounds as well. 
your company, you can buy a ride in a Spitfire. An incredible experience, I've no doubt. Absolutely, yeah, it's everything you think it would be. A, it's a beautiful aircraft, but she is phenomenal to fly. The experience is absolutely amazing, the noise, the sounds, and then to look out across the elliptical wing as you're flying over the Solent and the south coast where the Battle of Britain took place. What a thing to do. So, yeah, you can fly from Goodwood or from Leon Solent. Oh, right. Oh, you can fly out of Leon Solent as well now? That's correct, yeah. So certain months of the year we uh, go down to Leon Solent, operate from there for a couple of days or a couple of weeks at a time. All right, so how can anybody contact you who's keen to do this? So if they look on our website, spitfast.com, and then our booking page is on there. And also we've got a, a simulator as well, which is a, a, an original Mark 9 fuselage as a flight simulator, um, which is a nice option if you can't afford the full thing. But uh, it's nice to have a go in the sim as well. Well, the Drivers' Club this year has gone Raiders of the Lost Ark, Egypt mad, with the gentlemen on the uh, front guard posts, security gentlemen, all in fezzes, and it's just a giant, well, it's like uh, Abu Simbel temple, Egyptian temple, really, really quite extraordinary, and one of the amazing temporary features that they built here in this incredible detail. There were people with... Uh, Egyptian instruments, musical instruments that is, and uh, various things that one would expect to have dug up, including a large cask. I mean, it's just the attention to detail here is uh, really, really quite amazing. And tons and tons of sand, and incredibly fine sand too. I wonder where they come that from. Oh, yes, several truckloads of sand. <laughs> Anyway, another uh, thing that they do very well here. Your name, sir? Sam Jordan. Sam. This is one of the finest examples, I think, of the car maker's art. The, the Maserati birdcage. Tell us a little bit about the car. Uh, well, it was built to be honest with you, in, in the spare time of uh, quite a lot of the designers of Maserati at the time, because it stopped um, World, Champ World Sports Car Championships. They, um, they had no money, and it was just a case of like, building, what they, building what they could. I'm talking to James Wood, who's uh, standing in front of this wonderful Lotus, number 26. Tell me a little bit about the car, James. It's 1959 Series 2, which raced at the 59TT at Goodwood, and other World Championship rounds, including the 1,000 kilometres of the Nürburgring. It continued racing in 62, and, and actually for many years after that. Came back to the Revival and won the first sports car race at the first Revival. I mean, you've driven just about everything here over the years. I mean, you really are a regular here. I've been a friend of Goodwood for many years and I'm privileged to be asked to drive a lot of cars for people in all the categories here and at the festival from current cars as they're released and race cars through to the, the earliest cars. So you're now uh, about to go out and qualify. I guess you're, you're, where are you expecting to be with this because it lacks the power of some of the big beasts that are here. It does but it's fairly competitive should we say and um, yeah well 
<laughs> Just a smile on your out. face. It's you know where you're going. It's a competitive grid. Yeah, of course, we should be somewhere near the front. So, uh, But we'll just have to see. Good for you. Enjoy. There are, as we've already said, lots and lots of Austin 7s here. But there are some versions that I've never seen before and I have to say I've never seen a thatched Austin 7. I suppose if you want a few birds along for the ride might be a good idea. I'm not sure that it's that watertight but uh, interesting. Well uh, apparently this has uh, some fame and notoriety. Uh, if one looks on Google put in thatched Austin 7 this will come up. Very old Pathé news film you won't necessarily believe what you're seeing, but uh, that is what it is. Thrive and uh, survive and drive and thrive and all of these things which uh, seem to be one of the themes of this year's revival. And I'm in front of Parks Restorations and I'm talking to Stuart Parks. Stuart, well, it's obviously your company then. And you are doing, as it says on the tin, you're restoring things. In this case, you're restoring motorbikes and a scooter. Yes. It's a very old scooter. Uh, yes, 1921 uh, scooter motor made by the ABC company. I found it in a shed a bit down the road for me, and I plan on bringing it back to life and um, restoring it and bringing it back to form former glory. I mean, it's great that, that people are actually doing this and, and restoring things. That's, is that an aircraft wheel there? Uh, that, I believe, is the rear wheel cover off a BMW 328, Frozen Ash 328, pre-war car. A, a rare car in itself. And it, Are these all yours, or, or this is others of your colleagues and rival businesses? Uh, <laughs> so we've got uh, Tim Gunn at um, Gunn & Co. next door. Right. He's restoring some bicycles and trying to sell some bicycles. And we've got the Heritage Skills Academy opposite there, showcasing what they do and what they're, they're teaching their students. Brilliant and um, everything else in between. It's just great that there are people now taking up these skills because, you know, I'm of a generation where the, the, the skills are perhaps towards the tail end of their lives. You need somebody to pass on these skills. And there are some people, perhaps not enough, but certainly some people who really want to pick up these skills. Exactly. I mean, the, the, the interest is out there. It's, it's, it's kind of showing them that you can get involved and you can do it. it. It's not that difficult. And it's just a question of getting involved with the right people and getting your hands dirty. It, it's, um, it's all good fun. It's just uh, trying to get the experience. Well, I learned a lot from my grandfather, uh, my granddad, and uh, now I'm a grandfather myself. And I'm trying to teach my grandson some of these skills, but I don't think he, I think he might struggle to lift a spanner that large, but I can't imagine you use that in many places. Uh, funnily enough, I used that last week. It's a Rolls-Royce Phantom 1 hubnut cover. It fits. Well, yeah, uh, if you haven't got a socket to fit it. Well, I think it's wonderful what you're doing. I'm really pleased to see you doing it. Thank you very much. And let's hope you have uh, every success as a business and that people want to come along and find out more and more about restoring these vehicles. Thank you very much. No. Pleasure. 
somebody who's very well known in uh, historic racing circles, Julie Major. This is a glorious car. Yes, it's, it's the Mark II Sadler, built in 1957 by Bill Sadler from um, St. Catharines in uh, Canada. Yeah, it, it was the first sports race car built to take a V8 Chevrolet. And extremely powerful. I love the, the unfinished, the sort of silver arrows look. It's just polished aluminium. It's gorgeous. Yes, uh, as the body was made in England uh, by uh, Morris Gomm, who, who built the bodies for Listers after Bill won the Brighton Speed Trials. And then they ran it at Nassau unpainted for a while, and then, and then later it was painted red, and then after that white with a blue stripe. Are you in the process of restoring, or are you, you happy to keep it fairly aged? I mean, it's all pretty well restored now, so we just need to work out how to make it handle, or you know what the setups are and tire pressures and things like that. Once all that's all sorted, we'll we'll think about painting it. Or, to be honest, I've quite, kind of quite got used to it, like it is. <laughs> well, I'd love it like it is. I mean, it, it, you can tell it's hand built. Yes, and it did run in period like this as well, so. So, uh, yes, that's quite good. <laughs> so, uh, what are you hoping to do today? Midfield or better? Uh, well, uh, well, I'm always hoping for better. I think in, in a straight line it's good, so long as uh, it kind of handles around the corners a bit. But I'll gradually build up to that and see what happens. Yeah. All right, well, just hang in there. I'm sure you'll do very well. You certainly don't lack for experience, but don't forget to do the belts back up. No, thank you. Do, do it yourself rather than letting him do it, though. <laughs> yeah, OK, then. <laughs> Thanks very much. Thank you. I've seen some equipment in this place, but uh, this is very, very high-tech. This is the future? Oh, without a doubt. My name's Gordon, so I work with Team Archer. I'm helping Team Archer this weekend, and basically it's an equipment that will show that you can burn fossil fuels, wherever it might be, whatever source, marine engines, we're using cars today because obviously it's Goodwood, aeroplane, whatever fossil fuels burned, as long as you pass the emissions through an arc reactor, it's air that comes out the back end. The atoms are changed, the non-thermal plasma is used in the reactor and all the nasties are gone. The air that comes out the back of the exhaust is cleaner than the air that we breathe because the air we breathe has got more carbon elements and stuff in from various things, various different bits and bobs. But yeah. So we feed it into the room next door where people sit and they're sitting there without them knowing, um, breathing the fumes from the car. Really is quite amazing and, and this is a a concept that you're proving now and hopefully going to go into production with you? Yeah, so the concept's been proved already. So we've had a couple of big companies who can't see it uh, mention um, that a proven concept. That's a proven concept piece. Um, but really, uh, with one of the guys with Rupert who is, has been helping, and well, he set all of this up, uh, him and his daughter Monty and the team, to help us to get it out there, to let the world see it, so we can then have a chat with people and say, where, where's this going to go? Where, where would you like to take it? Who'd want to take it forward? Are you going to find that the uh, oil companies are... I think the oil companies, I think it's absolutely a, a saving grace for them. They can burn as much oil, diesel, coal fire power stations can use it anything that burns a fossil fuel so I think it's for the gas and oil industry it is exactly what they would like to see don't need to have batteries we don't need to convert classic cars with batteries in them nothing like that you keep the exact same car same noise same vibration everything the only thing is you won't have the smell out the back exhaust so an oil company petrol company yeah you can continue as normal you won't have the issues that you've got at the moment for for keeping the world green you know we're not going to go into uh, its propriety the, the, the way it works, we're not going to go into too much detail, but it doesn't carbon capture, it doesn't store it, 
it's, it's changed. So it's a one sealed unit, stainless steel, it would last the lifetime of a car. So that's the unit there, that's still that stainless steel. Oh, piece. it's tiny. And that is what we built to make sure it kind of resembles a, a bass piece of an exhaust. Mm. Well, it's been used with a big pipe on, so it's kind of universal for all exhausts. Right. Where really, if it was specifically made for, say, this car, it would be a lot smaller. That's a large one. That's the first one. Right. And that's one chamber. This is something that stands hmm, yeah. six feet high. Yeah, so that's yeah. one chamber. That's got ten in it. And it's way smaller. So progression through developments, it'll get smaller and smaller. So uh, how long have you been working on this? Tony's had this, well, he's had the technology for about 22 years. And it's been out there, he's just spoken to people about it. And just nobody wanted to clean the planet. Where now it is the forefront. The time is there. Yeah, so this, and, and to be fair, we, you know, Tony would like this to be out way before now it hasn't so we just have to kind of accept that but now really the world needs to, to listen and say right let's let's have a look at this it's been tested proof of concept it's there and it, it is the fix for the planet this is history in the making literally hi how's it going you okay uh, i'm dominic Dominic Chenier from the repair shop. You are in your element here. Literally, this is a dream. I'm here all weekend. This is my second day. And still on my second day, having been here all day yesterday, finding new things. Honestly, it's it's the best weekend I think I've ever had. The Heritage Skills Academy is someone who I feel quite passionate about because the, the wheeling machine that they're using, and they're building a body for an Austin 7 using my wheeling machine oh, right. weirdly yeah okay. from my which i've been rebuilding on my youtube channel and there's actually six of them here dotted around various different stalls have got them and we've painted them all for the revive and thrive area this is what they call the english wheel exactly yes yeah. yeah so i've brought them all down to try and promote the uh, revive and thrive area and try and inspire people to have a go at the crafts Brilliant. and get involved yeah which is again what the heritage skills academy are doing uh, i noticed you're looking at some of Vittori bugatti's uh, dreaming dreaming yes <laughs> dreaming basically yeah a lot of the cars here are way above me but there's a lot we're heading over there to look at a lotus which i'm kind of just admiring as well it's the craftsmanship that goes into these cars yeah. that I think I love the most. I know it's a very desirable car, but I'm sort of looking at it in a way of craftsmanship and the people that built this thing and how talented they were. Well, they said of a, a, a Tory Bugatti that uh, he built cars like he was a jeweler. You know, they were all precise. Absolutely, and everything about these things is just, it's brilliant. And the Lotus, again, it's just the, uh, the, the engineering and the thought process and the, they're, they're pieces of art. They really are. It is, it's just an absolute dream. And it's lovely to see them all being restored and being raced around. I'm on the Aston Martin stand in the uh, Earl's Court Motor Show and the theme in the Earl's Court Motor Show is the future. Now you've got a DB5 over there, gorgeous isn't it? But this is a whole different kettle of fish. Your name sir, tell me yeah. that first. My name is Oliver, Oliver Menaby, I'm the global dealer trainer at Aston Martin. And this is the? This is the Aston Martin Valhalla, so it's our uh, new hypercar, it's a mid-engined series production car where we're going to be producing 999 vehicles starting from the beginning of 2024. Is this the one that Adrian Newey had a hand in, in the early stages? It does borrow some of its DNA from its older brother Valkyrie. That was where Adrian and uh, the Red Bull team had involvement with the Valkyrie development. This now shares some of that characteristics, DNA, design language, but we brought it into something a little bit more uh, different and uh, a little bit less aggressive perhaps than Valkyrie. Well, it is a, a spectacular looking car, but I should think it's also a spectacular going car. 
Absolutely, yeah. So, um, thousand horsepower from a combustion powertrain, but also as it's hybrid, two electric motors producing 240 PS. So combined, 240 PS uh, from the uh, the hybrid mid-engined supercar. By the way, I do like on the on the door shots, hand built in England, of course. Absolutely, yeah, so all our sports cars continue to be built by hand uh, at our factory at Gaydon in Warwickshire. Our SUV is built, of course, in St. Athens in Wales. We have DBX 707 with us as well today, which is uh, the world's most powerful SUV. And yes, uh, going back to Valhalla, the doors are something special, as, as, as the rest of the car is. We've got a new mechanism for opening and closing the doors. They're made of carbon fibre, so they're very light, which adds to that performance. And mostly carbon fibre. The whole thing is very light. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so we've not gone into the final stages of uh, development of this car, so weights are not confirmed. However, it will be extremely light, and the majority of the car is a carbon fibre body. So, crunch me some numbers. What's it capable of, and what's it going to cost? So... Again, we haven't dynamically tested the powertrain, but we're looking at exceeding 200 miles an hour as a top speed and a sub three seconds, not to 62. And what's that going to cost us? So the UK is £600,000 plus VAT for a uh, on-the-road Valhalla. Okay, so you won't need to send too many of those to uh, make some money for the Chancellor of the Exchequer on the VAT. Absolutely not, no. Um, they are a limited run, as I mentioned, so 999 of these cars, and we are taking uh, deposits and, and orders uh, fairly speedily already, so we hope that continues. Yeah, so do I. So do I. It's, it's a gorgeous car, it's wonderful to see it here, and this is the future now. Absolutely, it is indeed, yeah. DB5, of course, over there is our, our heritage and our past, and this is very much our future. Join us tomorrow for even more from the third and final day of the Goodwood Revival 2022. UK Motor Talk, a first take media production. <laughs>